This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Natural and spiritual considerations before marriage. And, and this is a, it's a culmination of everything that we've been hearing o- over the last uh, couple or few months. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not, it is not my goal to reteach what everyone has taught. That's not the goal. The goal is to pull out some pieces that we need and then to add on a little bit of more information uh, toward the end again so that we can put this all in a nice package uh, uh, for you so that you can understand remember, having to uh, remind you of some things that you probably heard two months ago or you know whatever the case is six weeks ago so that you can put all of this together because remember what I said that that, that God put in my spirit uh, from last week is that uh, he has given us at this time he has given us grace those the, these single I'm not going to say single unmarried people if you're single when you're married too single single as in you're a single person so we don't like to use the word single necessarily in that in that format but you are an unmarried person if you are an unmarried person unmarried person then God is giving you the grace he at this time he has given you the grace to hear and to receive he says if you do it right now when I'm telling telling you if you have if you've been trying to do it if you've been attempting to do it if you've been attempting to apply the word that you've been hearing all this time and even right now even right now up through this point, you, he says, he says, I, it will be easier for you. The grace is here. It's available. Not that you couldn't do it later. Not that you couldn't do it later and get it right later. But why do that? Why struggle? Why make it harder and more difficult when you can just get it now? He says, I'm giving you the grace right now. It, even though, even though it might seem hard to make some hard, you know, you might have to make some hard decisions about uh, some people that you have in your life. You might have to make some hard decisions about what you thought was going to happen or you thought, and I'm not saying that it's not going to happen. I'm not. I'm not telling you anything. It's what God is telling you. And, and even in these teachings, he's been telling you things. I know that he has. He's been telling you things. But, but you have to decide that I want to do things God's way. I'm going to put aside, and we're going to talk about that, about because, and all of this kind of ties in too. Remember, all of these messages really go hand in hand. The bottom line of all of these messages, everything that you hear, the bottom line is salvation. The bottom line is righteousness. The bottom line is, is holiness. The bottom line is peace in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the bottom line for all of this. And if you would take heed of this word and apply it, you would have righteousness. You would have peace in the Holy Ghost. You would have all of these things if you would just take the word. And so it, it complies. It, 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 it aligns with what you've been hearing on Wednesdays uh, uh, pertaining to salvation. This is the, the back end of it. They've been telling you about how good God is and how he wants to save and, 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 and why he's, he's worthy and we can trust him to save us. Uh, that, that part. But then this part is about your response to what he has done. All of this is about our response to what he has done 
in our lives, if we're calling ourselves, if we've gotten to the point where we, yes, I'm saved, I've been saved, you know, so these Wednesday night messages, you know, they don't apply to me. They do apply to you because I'm, then I'm, then I'm going to ask, oh, well, are you, if, if you are, you've given your life over to Christ, are you doing these things? And if you're not, then you probably need to go back and remind yourself about what God has done, evidently because you've probably forgotten. Something has slipped. So, so all of these messages, they go hand in hand and they align. And, and so we just need to take heed to what God is saying. Let's start in Psalms. We're going to do a little bit of review. Psalms uh, chapter 1. Let's look at that. Psalms chapter 1. And there, I kind of skimmed over some things that, um, and rushed through some things that I should not have done. And, and God reminded me. Um, rebuked me for that, that I needed to go back. And so we're going to, um, in Psalms chapter 1, we're going to go back and we're going to look at um, some other things that I needed to pull out in this scripture. So Psalms 1, chapter uh, 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. And so we're going to stop right here. In this, in this chapter, in chapter 1, Psalms reveals that there are only two paths in life. Psalms chapter 1, it reveals that there are only two paths in life. And those two paths of, in life are the faithful or the faithless. It is God's way of obedience, which is the narrow way. We, you know, we've, we've learned about the narrow. There's a narrow way and there's a broad way. So then there's God's way, the way of obedience, the narrow way, or there's the way to rebellion. The way to rebellion is a broad way, and it is most commonly taken. It is the broad way, and it's most commonly taken. And that way, but that way leads to destruction. So chapter 1 of Psalms, it, it tells us that there are, two, there are two paths in life. And either death, you're choosing either death, the path that will lead you to death, or you're going to choose the path that's going to lead you to life. And not just life eternally, but life even right now. Not just destruction at the end of your journey, but even in destruction right now. You have choices to make. We all have choices to make. And it's still, and, 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 it's, and it applies, it also applies in the area of marriage. Because you can have destruction in your marriage or you can have life in your marriage. But it's all, it's all about the decisions that we make before we get there, that's going to determine. It's the decisions that you, now you're gonna, it, it, it is based on decisions that you make when you're in it. But the decisions that you make before you get in it will also determine what you, uh, uh comply with, or, or what you experience while you're in it. So God is trying to help get us to the point to where He says, I know that there are already challenges in a marriage. It's all, they're already built in, just built in because you're putting two people together, two people who are different, two people from different backgrounds, two people who bring in different baggages, all of that. He's saying that, that, that because of that, there's something that you're going to need to do beforehand. To help try to alleviate, to try to help, to try to help reduce the amount of stress, the amount of challenges that you're going to face when you get into marriage. 
And baggage is one of them. Baggage, taking baggage, taking baggage into a relationship from previous relationships, or and, and not just uh, um, and not just uh, uh, other types of uh, romantic kind of relationship. Just relationships, relationships with your parents, relationships with with the people at, at your church, relationships with the church leadership. All of that, all of that, it, it plays a part into what what's, what you're taking into all that baggage that you're taking into a marriage. And so God is trying to help he's trying to help he is trying to help us and that's why i said last week uh i was admonishing you and i'm still again this these this uh this last lesson and these last lessons it's about admonishing you it's about admonishing you to take heed to the word and not look at the packages that's that have been that have come forth before you but taking heed to the word as god is presenting it to you so, so here there are two paths that we see, and, and you, it's the path of righteousness or it's the path of, of unrighteousness. And so here he's saying that, that you are blessed, happy, fortunate, and prosperous. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and prosperous is the man that walketh not. That means you don't live out of, you don't walk in, you don't live out of godly, uh, ungodly counsel. You don't stand in the way of the sinner. Meaning what? You don't stand in the path. You don't put yourself in the path of the way of the sinner, of the unbeliever, of the transgressor, of those who are trying to pull you away from. Again, we talked about deceit. We talked about that and we're going to mention that in a little bit. But those who are trying to deceive you and even if you're in self-deception. He says that's ungodly counsel. You're taking your own ungodly counsel. He says that blessed is the man that walketh not, that does not live out of the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth. You don't stand in the path in the way of sinners nor sit. And I love this. So you don't stand in the way. You don't get into the path. You don't get into the path where sinners walk, where they go. You don't do that, and you don't sit. You don't sit, you do not sit in the seat of the scornful. What does that mean? That means you're sitting where they're gathering. That means you're not only are you putting yourself in the places, and you're, you're putting yourself in the path where they go. Remember, we, uh, that's been talked about. You, you, can't be a, you can't be a recovering, a recovering addict or recovering uh, a drug addict, but then you, go to the, you put yourself in the path by going to the drug house. You're putting yourself in the path. You don't even go down the same street. You're putting yourself in the path. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing with this. When we have put ourselves in places where where we have sinned with people, where we have gone against, uh, gone gone against, or we have compromised the word of God. You can't put yourself in that same path, and you can't sit. You definitely cannot sit. You can't sit in the place. That means when they're gathering, that you gather with them. Gathering. You're sitting down with them. You're communing with them. You're fellowshipping with them. You cannot, we can't, if, not if you're serious about God. Not if you're serious about being a believer. Not if you're serious about wanting the best in your marriage. Not if you're serious about pleasing the Lord, period, even before the marriage. Just pleasing God, period. Just pleasing him, period. Because they're pulling you away. Those things are pulling you away from the ways of God. They're pulling you away from unright- the way of unrighteousness. They're pulling you away from the straight and the narrow. Which, uh, and so that, that in itself is bad because that's going to lead you to, to, some, to destruction. But then you're going to use that same thing and it's going to pull you into a marriage that you don't need. It's going to pull you into, into a, a marriage covenant 
that you don't understand, that, 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 that you were inevitably abused because you don't understand it and because you've taken things into it that you should not, that God is trying to clean you, clean you up from, that He's trying to clear you from. He's trying, He's trying His best to do that again because he knows that a marriage has challenges of its own without you taking these things that, that he's trying to clear you from that he's trying to strip you from that he's trying to get you to repent from trying to do all of those things he's saying that if you do that now it will it will put you in a better light let's finish finish reading here it says but his delight is in the law of the Lord so we're not going to sit in the way we're not going to stand we're not going to sit we're not going to walk in ungodly counsel but his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in all, the law, all of God's word. Yes, well they, so here, we, 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 this is in the Old Testament, so it could be talking about the, the, the law of Moses, and yes, but understand, understand this, that God's word, God's word, that's all that they had. God's word, entire word, Old Testament, New Testament, we are taking, we are bringing this into, into our place, into our time, into our dispensation. So we're talking about all of God's word. We're talking about all of God's word. And we know the fulfillment of the love of God in doing his commandments. And you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. That is the fulfillment of all of all the other laws. It is. And if you love God, then you'll keep his commandments. So, so th- this is what we're talking about. But you have to love. You have to delight yourself in the law of the Lord. All of God's word. And in his law... In his law, you must meditate. In his word, you must meditate day and night. That's why I was admonishing you again to go back and to listen. Go back and listen. You probably got to listen to more than, than just this, more than just this teaching. Because what? We're, we're going to be talking about how to keep our bodies under. We're talking about how to, how to keep our minds. So you, you need to go back, go back and, and listen to spiritual warfare. Those, those uh, uh, teachings on spiritual warfare. Because this is going, that's going to help you. We're going to see how all of this, all of it, all of it, everything that God has, has supplied through salvation for you, we're going to see how all of that applies, applies to this. And even in talking about uh, premarital. And he says, verse 3, and he shall be like a tree. I love this. So if you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, you shall be like a tree that is planted by the river. The source, the river is a source. So think about the water. It is a source of life. It is a source of strength. It is a source of your grace. He says that if you delight yourself in the law of the Lord, if you meditate on it day and night, you shall be like a tree that is planted. The word, that's the source of your life. If you delight yourself in that word and allow the spirit of the living God to, to, to continue to teach you and instruct you and to guide you, that is your source. That is your life. That is your source. And he's saying, I need you to be right there. I need you to stay right there. We cannot, we cannot cultivate and we not, cannot conform to the conduct of the wicked. See, that sitting and that standing in way and that sitting in the seat, that is, that is, that is, that is being, that is cultivating, that is cultivating the way of the wicked. And then when we cultivate that way in us, when we allow ourselves to be, to be uh, 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 surrounded by those things, it desensitizes us to the Word of God. It desensitizes us to the consequences of God. See, these are, these are mockers. These are scorners. These are people who, who, who take the word lightly, 
who don't consider that, that what God has said to be true. They don't consider it to be all in all. They don't consider it to be uh, of the bottom line. They don't consider it to be the only option. They don't, they consider, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, the will of God, and then there's a passive will of God. What is a passive will of God? What, is, what does that mean? No, no. See, the scorners and the mockers, that's what they say. That there's the will of God, and then there's God's passive will. God doesn't have a passive will. God is not passive at all. He's very direct. He's very direct on what he will accept and what he won't accept. He is very direct. There's nothing passive about our God. So, but they, again, these are mockers. These are people who will tell you anything to get what they want from you. These are people who will, who will, uh, again, let, let, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. A man or a woman will tell you anything they think you want to hear to get what they want so that they can have the upper hand, so that they can have, take an advantage of you. And, and that's across the board in, in, in every area, not just in sex, because men and women, they'll, they'll tell you what they want to get you in bed, but that's just across the board in life, period. Whatever they can do, whatever they can say to take advantage of you and take advantage of the, and the situation and get what they, to try to get what they want, they will do it. They will say, that's the way of the ungodly. That's the counsel of the ungodly. And again, I said last week, it can be subtle or it can just be blatant outright. Subtle or blatant, blatant outright is, uh, let, we, can, look, we can just do this and, and, and God will forgive us. We'll just ask for forgiveness. That's blatant. That's blatant. That's just straight up, straight up blatant, blatant just, just outright. You fall for that, that's silliness. But if you fall for the subtle, even, even, even if you fall for the subtle, Right? Even if you fall for the subtle, all of it. Because, but, but that's why we said, that's why God is saying that you have to meditate. You won't fall for the subtle or, or the, the blatant. You won't fall for either. As a matter of fact, you will get away. You will hightail it out there. If you were to, if you were to do this, delighting yourself in the law. See, that's, that's what happens. We have to delight ourselves. First and foremost, we have to make up in our minds. You have to make up in your mind that you are going to do the will of God. I am a believer and in every area of my life. I don't care if it's my finances. I don't care if it's marriage. I don't care if it's career. I don't care if it's family. I don't care if it's friends. I don't care if it's organizations that I might be a part of. I don't care what it, I don't care if it's my job. I don't care what it is. In everything that I do, in how I live my life, period. I am going to please the Lord. That is my ultimate, is to please the Lord. And nothing I will do, nothing I will do will go against pleasing the Lord. Nothing that I do in my finances, nothing that I do in getting married, nothing that I do, nothing, nothing in choosing a career, nothing will do anything to separate me from the love of God and to keep me from doing what God has commanded me to do in following his word. I'm not going to let anything distract me from following the word of God. But that is something that you have to make up in your mind. And you see that now. If you don't make it up now, you definitely will not change. And it's going to get worse because then you have, you really have somebody that's, that's, that, that, that you have to answer to. 
So if you can't, if you can't hold your ground about the word of God and, and being in the word, if you can't hold your ground now about that, standing firm in that, that righteous indignation that I'm going to do what God has commanded and what God, whatever God says in his word, I'm going to comply. If you have not reckoned that in your hearts right now, if you don't reckon it, it is not going to change. It's not going to change. And that, and that's what he said. And look, look, he says, he says, uh, um, verse four, the ungodly are not so, but, uh, but, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. If you don't do that now, you're going to be driven away. You're going to be taken away like the wind. You're going to be taken away like the wind. And if it doesn't come now before you get married, you'll be taken away like the wind in your marriage. You will, you will get taken away. He says what? Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, they shall, nor sinners in the, con- in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly, it says what? It shall perish. It shall perish. It is going to, it's going to lead you to a path of destruction. Destruction, things that you will have to, things that you will, you will face that you don't have to face. He's saying, you don't have to face the, I'm trying to keep you, trying to keep you from these extra things, trying to keep you out of the way, trying to keep you from perishing in your way. And again, this is not just about eternal perishing. This is about perishing in life. About perishing in life. Our pastor talked about the year of Jubilee. He's trying to get you into Jubilee. He's trying to help you be in Jubilee now. He doesn't want you walk. He doesn't want, want us living. He didn't die that, that we could live a defeated life, day to day, a defeated life. And you don't want to be defeated in, um, in your marriage where then you're stuck because now he's considered, look, you, you, I was trying to get you, I, I'm trying to, I was trying to get you to do it the right way. But no, you chose to do it your way. You chose to get out of season. I didn't, I wasn't telling you that you could not marry this person. I was just telling you to wait. I was just telling you I'm trying to work out some things in you. I'm trying to work out some things in both of you so that you can have be right, so that you can have a joyful marriage, so that you can experience uh, um, joy and peace in your marriage. So you can experience righteousness together in your marriage. He said, I was trying to get you to all of that, but now that you're in it, you chose to do things your own way. You chose to go about it your own way. Take your own path. He says, but and, and now and then now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. You're stuck like Chuck, and and yes, you can st- you can still get out. God can be gracious because he's he's just that kind of God. He doesn't leave us if, even when we turn from him, even when we don't do things his way. If he with his grace, his grace, his his tender mercies, if they allow us to see a new day. If they allow you to see a new day, you have an opportunity to get it right. So I'm not going to say that, that, that you won't, that you know, that you can't get it right if you don't do it now. But I'm saying, why go through, and you, then you don't know what you have to go through. You don't know, the, you can't choose the consequences. I'm not obeying now. You can't choose the consequences of tomorrow for not obeying right now. You can't do that. It comes, whatever it is, it's going to be. And you won't be able to choose it. He says, I'm trying to keep you from all of that. I'm trying to keep you from all of that. And so remember we said last week that the dispensations in our lives, they are connected. The dispensations in our lives, this time right now that God is trying to give you, 
to hear his word, to comply with his word. This time that he's trying to give you to get this word, to apply it. This time that he's trying to get you to, to clean up these areas in your life and to make those, those crooked ways straight. The time he says, this is connected. We saw that it's connected, directly connected to your marriage, con- directly connected to the, the time frame, to the dispensation when it's time for you to get married. It is directly connected. And if you don't do what you need to do right now in this situation, in this dispensation, in this time that he's given you, you will not be prepared. You will not be prepared and you will see the ways of destruction. And you don't know what that destruction means. You don't know what it means. You don't know the consequences of it. We don't know the consequences of it. So you have to have, you have to do what God is trying to work out in you. You have to work it out now so that you can be ready for the next dispensation of your life. And, 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 and remember what we said. You have to consider that you're exchanging the lesser for the greater, whatever it is. You think you're losing time? That's the lesser. If you think you're losing time, that's the lesser. You know, I'm 30, I'm 35, I'm 40. If you think you're losing time, that's the lesser. Because God, you do it God's way in those uh, after 40 and those at 50, 60, whatever, however, however it, uh, old you are when you get married, you, he, he, listen, he will allow you to experience, if you do it his way, he will allow you to experience 50 and 60 years and then only that 20, 30, whatever years you'll have left in your marriage, he will allow you to experience all of that goodness. You won't be missing out on nothing. You won't, you won't miss out on a thing. You won't miss out on a thing, but doing it, not doing it his way, first of all, you might not ever get to that bliss in marriage. You may not ever be able to experience that joy in that marriage if you don't do it God's way. So it's better to do it. I would rather do it and, and only have 20 years to, 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 to uh, or 30 years or whatever to enjoy it than to not do it his way and not be able to enjoy it at all. Whatever time it is, it it will be fulfilling for you. It will be fulfilling for you if you would just do it God's way. So the objectives for this teaching, again, and we're gonna, we're gonna pick up where we left off with, 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 uh, revisiting restoration. So, because you have to be restored. If you didn't do things God's way, if you haven't been doing things God's way, you need to understand that you need to be restored. If you hadn't done it and now you've turned and you're making that turn, you've repented, and, and so understanding those, those components. Again, all of these messages tie together. How is it cannot, cannot be restored? Again, I need to get rid of that garbage, get rid of that baggage, so I won't take that into my marriage. So we're revisiting the components of restoration. We're understanding and embracing the truth about the consequences of being out of season. And we are examining the individual spiritual and natural requirements. I said individual. So, so again, we, we, we're, talking, we, we're talking to the unmarried. So I'm saying individually there are some natural things and there are some spiritual requirements that, that must be in place before you get married. 
So we talked about deception and how deception uh, uh, comes. And our, our pastor, she laid that out beautifully for us, that it's, it's demonic in origin. And we said that self-deception is the worst because you're fighting against yourself. Then those consequences of, of being uh, of disobedience, you're desensitizing all of those things. You're making, you're making it, it appear uh, uh, one way when, when actually you don't even know how it is because our ways are higher God's ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are not are higher than, than our thoughts so so we try to desensitize the consequences of the word we desensitize the word period and we think that 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 in that self-deception that we're getting away with things I said that but you can't you cannot listen you cannot go on none of this that we've been teaching will help you in any form way or shape if you don't first repent if you have fallen you have you've gone against the word you've compromised the word in the standard of God in your life you have to first repent or none of this none of this will benefit you that is the first that is the very 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 first step so we talked about in reviewing the the, uh, the components of restoration after compromising the standard, we said, number one, you have to take responsibility for your actions. And we're not going to go there, but we looked in Genesis chapter 3, verses 11 and 12, where Adam, he just blatantly, just outright, he says, the woman that you gave me, right, he blamed her. He blamed her. But no, God talked to him in the cool of the day. God gave him instruction. God gave him a commandment. Just like God is giving you a commandment right now, that looks like he has been instructing you. He has been instructing you. He's given him a word. God gave him a word. But he says, the woman that you gave me. So he was trying to pull blame. But I said what? We said last week. God is not going to allow you to get away with that. I don't care what people blatantly or, 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 or suddenly try to pull you into. God is not considering that. He's not even trying to hear that. He, now listen, they're going to get their consequences too. But you're not going to escape it just because you say, I was pushed there. The devil made me do it. We know that's, that's a lie. The devil didn't make you do nothing. People, people made me do it. It's because I did this because she did that. I did this because he did that. No, God is, he's not, God's not listening to any of that. Any of that. Because then we saw in Genesis, in, in 14, in verses 14 and 19, well, God started to talk to each one of them individually. Because you did this, this is what's going to happen. In verse 16, he talked to the woman. Because you did this, then this is what's going to happen. In verse 17, he talked to Adam. Because you did this, then this is going to happen. No one is exempt from having the duty of dealing with themselves. No one is exempt. No one is exempt from, what, from, from, ha- from having the duty of dealing with themselves. Number two, you are accountable for you. You manage yourself. You, you want to be a manager? You want to be a supervisor? Supervise, start by supervising yourself. Start by managing yourself. You want to dominate something? Start by dominating yourself. Remember the, the, the message that, that Minister Hill talked about, not even in this, in this one, but, but talking about the purpose of the family. He said that, that's the first thing. You got to dominate yourself. That you have to dominate yourself. You need to have dominion over yourself. You need to command and have authority over yourself based on the word of God. You need to govern and have jurisdiction and have control over yourself based on the word of God. As you apply the word, you're, you're governing yourself by the word. You are taking authority over yourself by the word. You are dominating and be, being domineering over yourself with the word of God. Turn it to 1 Peter 
chapter 4. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. What does all of this have to do with marriage? Everything. Everything. It has to do with everything. Because again, if you are not a whole person, if you are not a godly person, if you are not a righteous person before you, an unmarried, a a righteous unmarried person, you won't be a righteous married person. If you are not a godly unmarried person, you won't be a godly married person. So that, 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 that's why this is all relevant. It is all important. First Peter chapter 4. Let's look at verse 1. It says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, Arm yourself. He says, arm yourself. God did something. He showed us a way. He made our crooked ways straight by showing us how to do that. He defeated the hand of the enemy for you that you no longer have to, no longer have to be tied to sin. You don't no, no longer have to be disobedient. You no longer have to be rebellious. It was already in you because you inherited it from Adam. But again, the way when Christ died, when he suffered, when he allowed himself to suffer crucifixion and shame, when he allowed himself to suffer death, when he allowed himself to suffer those things in the flesh, he was showing, he was teaching, and he he uh, he actually uh, uh, untied you. He untied you to having to do those things, to follow those things. And he says, for that, here is your response. You need to arm yourself. You need to gird up yourself. You need to outfit yourself. Remember Ephesians chapter 6, talking about putting on the whole armor. He says, you need to put on the whole armor of God so that when these thoughts come up, when these worldly things come up, when these worldly people come around you, ungodly counsel comes around, your mind can be girded up. You can be outfitted. You can be armed with the word of God. Having a helmet of salvation. Praying always without ceasing. All of, having the breastplate of righteousness. All of these things. That is the armor of God. You need to use that. It's not separate. It's not separate. We're not, and we're not just talking about having the armor to, 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 to put away or having the armor to stand against physical. Right? Because remember, we, it's not all about the, it first starts in the mind. You have to have a mental toughness. Your mental toughness comes with being in Christ Jesus, comes with His strength, the grace that He provides. For you, that all of that is a pile, but that's why you have to have that relationship. Remember, we talked about when we first started this series. We talked about the relationship and the fellowship that you have with Christ. That is going to determine. That's going to make or break you. That is going to make or break you in every area, not just this, but in every area of your life. Your relationship and your fellowship with God. Because as close as you draw to Him, that's as close as He's going to draw near to you. So if you are fellowshipping with Him, if you are bringing these things to Him, Listen, and you've been hearing it. You need to take things to the Lord in prayer. Take it. He already, he already knows what you're going through. 
He already knows, Lord, I just want to get married. I, I know. I just want to get married. He already knows that. Talk to him about it. But then allow him to direct your path. Listen, I found this person. We, we, me and this person have been, you know, we've been dating for two years. We've been dating for six months. We've been dating for a year. And I feel like this is the one. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I feel like I'm ready. I want to. I want to get married. I am ready. Take that to the Lord. Take it to him. But see, we don't want to do that because we just want to do what we want to do. But see, remember what, remember what he says. Now is the time. Now is the grace. I'm giving you. If, if, I, if he is telling you that no, you need to wait. If he is telling you, no, this is not the right person. If he is telling you, no, we need to rethink this strategy. If he, whatever it is, whatever it is, you need to be down for it. <laughs> whatever it is, you need to be down for it. But you can't be if you don't have the fellowship with him. You have the, if you're a believer, you have the relationship. He's already afforded you that. But how are you doing with the fellowship? And he will guide you through that. Let's look at, let's look at, uh, uh, so we have to have the mind of Christ. So uh, we, we read that one, verses 1 and 2. It says, arm yourself likewise with the same mind. Talking about the mind of Christ. For he that, for he that hath suffered in the flesh hath ceased, ceased from sin. So here he's saying, arm yourself. You need to gird yourself up. That goes back to the spiritual warfare. You need to gird yourself up. You need to gird up your mind. The mind of Christ is what we have to have. Remember the, the mind of Christ. He went to the cross and he did it for us. He did it because of the love that he has for us. He did it. He, he did not allow anything. He did not allow anything. He did not allow anyone. He came with that purpose in mind. He came to earth with that purpose in mind. And he was going to fulfill. He was going to please the Lord. He was going to do what God sent him to do. He was going to obey. It says to gird up your minds just like Christ did. We have the same mind that was in him. That same thought pattern that was in him. We have to have that same thought pattern. We have to gird up our minds just like that. We are going to do exactly what it is that God wants us to do. We're not going to leave this earth without doing and fulfilling what God has for me to do and for me to fulfill. And how he has me to fulfill it and to do it. I have to make up in mind. That is what. And it says to patiently. On yourself likewise with the same mind for he that suffers. You have to patiently suffer. Patiently suffer. I know you want to be married right now, but you got to patiently. You got to patiently suffer. Don't worry about what you're not, what you're not getting now. Don't worry about the now. Think about doing it God's way. Think about doing, remember that God has, just like in salvation, He has your best interest at heart. He has your best, even in marriage, he has your best interest at heart. He says, we told, he told us last week, if you would do it my way, you would eat the good of the land. You will eat it in Psalms chapter 1. It says, you will eat the good of the land. You will prosper in your way. You will prosper in what you do. As long as you're trying to attend to my work, you will prosper in that. And again, you will not, you will not feel like, you will not feel like you've missed anything. That's only in your mind that you're missing something. But God's doing it the Lord's way. He will make sure that you are fulfilled. And it's not doing it, listen, it's not, it's not doing what He wants you to do because you want the benefits. 
Because that's, that's, this is the heart, the heart of people. We have to have the heart of Christ. God, Christ didn't go to the cross because of his benefit. He went to the cross for our benefit. We have to lay down our lives and suffer in the flesh for God's benefit, not for our benefit. Now listen, you will get the benefits. Just, that's just because that's the way God designed it. It's in his principles. You obey his word, he's going to fulfill every promise that he's made to you. If you obey it, if you obey him, he's going to fulfill it. But our mind, our mindset is to be like the mind of Christ, that I'm doing it to please the Lord. That's the motivating factor. If you do it to please the Lord, then you will experience what God has for you. It's built in, already built in. It's already built in. The motivating factor, I want to do things, things God's way. I want to be pleasing. All I want is for him to be glorified, for him to be lifted high in my life. That's all I want. I just want to please him. I just want to please him. In my unmarried state, I just want to please him. As I'm preparing for marriage, I just want to please him. So that when I do get into marriage, I can please him. This is what this is what it's all about. Look at this in in in, in um, Second Corinthians chapter six. Let's go there. So so number one was what that we have to not blame people, or we have to uh, uh, no number one that was a. So number one was we have to take responsibility for our actions. That was a. Number one was we don't need to blame others. Number two under that was you need to be accountable. Now we're getting away, getting to. Uh, letter B. Get away and come out. Get away and come out. Take responsibility for yourself, then get away and come out. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at that. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 14. 6, 14. Be ye not unequally yoked. And remember, we, uh, Minister Hill, he, he talked about this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? He says, uh, going back to verse 14, what communion hath light with darkness? This is going back to Psalms chapter, chapter 1, sitting in the seat of the scornful, being in the path of the unrighteous. Uh, verse 16, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them. He dwells in you. Walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. If we dwell in him and walk in him, he will be our God. We shall be his people. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them. What is he telling us? He's telling us that you cannot, if you are, if you are, are, taking, if you are taking counsel, if you are standing in the path with, if you are sitting in the seat with, if you are gathering with the unbelievers, the scorners, the, mock, the mockers, you cannot, you cannot be dwelling in him. You cannot be dwelling in him. And if you're not dwelling in him, then he cannot be a God to you. He cannot be a father to you. You are far from him. And he says, come from among them. Come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord. Separate yourself 
unto me, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And what? I will receive you. I will receive you. So if he's saying, come out, touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, that means that there's something for the opposite. If you don't come out, if you don't keep from touching the unclean thing, then what, what does that mean? What does that mean? He says in verse 18, and will be, he says, I will receive you in verse 18, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, said the Lord Almighty. This is not a suggestion. This is not a suggestion. It is a commandment. And all, I am going to delight myself in the law of the Lord. That's all of God's word. I'm going to delight myself in it. He says to come out. He says to separate yourself. And the almighty, listen, the almighty God. Sister Stinson didn't say it. The almighty God said it. The almighty, this is his word. His omnipotent, he is omnipotent. He is all ruling. This is not a suggestion from him. This is a commandment. And a commandment that comes with a promise. He says that I will, if you do that, I will be a father to you. I will be your God and you shall be my son and my daughter. He says that that's in, it's in his word. Look at, look at uh, verse 1 in chapter 7. It says, having therefore these promises. Having therefore these promises. If you do that, this is the promise. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the filthiness, from the spirit. Let, let us cleanse ourselves, perfecting in holiness and fear of the Lord. He said, those are promises that I'm making to you. If you just separate yourself, I will be a God to you. I will be a God to you. And I am out of time. But, but listen, we're going to come back and we're going we're to continue next week with this. Because God, is, he's, he's not done. He's, again, he's trying to get us to a place. And if you were just admonishing you again, if you would just listen, if you would listen, if you would take heed, embrace. We're going to talk about embracing next week. Embrace this truth. Embrace the, the truths that you've been getting. Allow God to work in you. Allow him to work through you. And you will eat the good of the land as he has promised. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.